Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Answering the Call, offering a glimpse into the spiritual journeys of local priests, deacons, and religious. And now, Answering the Call with Elizabeth Ficacelli. Hello, and thank you for joining us on Answering the Call here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 and streaming live at stgabrielradio.com. I'm your host, Elizabeth Ficacelli. And I met my guest today at a morning mass at my home parish, St. Pius X in Reynoldsburg. I saw this joyful sister in a brown habit and mistakenly took her for a Carmelite. (laughs) Found out she is actually from the Sisters of St. Francis of Perpetual Adoration. It's a community based in Mishawaka, Indiana. And sister was passing through after visiting family here in Ohio. And when I heard that she was involved with vocation work for the community, I knew I had to get her on the show. Her name is Sister Maria Gemma, and she's joining us by telephone from Indiana today. So welcome, Sister Maria Gemma. Thanks for joining us on Answering the Call today. Thanks, Elizabeth. Thanks for having me. It's great. And and I just love it. You're, you're joyful in person. You're joyful even on the phone. I can just feel a big smile on my face already. But um, I typically start, uh, Sister, with my guest's family of origin, because that's where most of us um, will experience our first awareness of God. And uh, But you didn't grow up in a typical Catholic family, did you? No, um, not at all. It was actually really through my grandma's persistence that my family even went to Mass when I was growing up. So you lived with, who were the people in the family that you were living with growing up? Yeah, so my um, mom and dad actually got divorced when I was very young. So we lived with my grandparents. It was my mom, my brother, my sister, and I, and my grandma and grandpa. So it was a blessing to grow up so close to my grandparents. And this was um, in Newark, Ohio? Yeah, in Newark, Ohio, and, and our parents was St. Francis de Sales, where I went to grade school. And then I went to high school at Newark Catholic High School. Okay. And so, again, you're attending Sunday Mass, but for the most part, you were going to Mass because that's, you know, your grandmother was very rooted in her faith, and that was kind of out of respect, or, you know, that's what you do, living with Grandma, and that that we'll all do that. But if Grandma wasn't in the picture, as you say, that probably wouldn't even have been something you would have done as a family back then. That's right. Yeah, it was a rule of living in the house, which yeah. I'm grateful for. <laughs> That's a great rule, by the way. I just want to pl- put a plug out for that. <laughs> if you live under my roof, you'll come to Mass with me. I mean, that's just, that's <laughs> that's just that's always our rule for our kids. Or, you know, if we have exchange students living with us, you just you just come. You know, you don't have to be Catholic, and then you won't participate in, in Eucharist. But you come, you know, be part of what we're doing. But so, so that was a good rule. Thank you, Grandma, for doing that, because as we see, it's going to have this beautiful, beautiful um, outcome. So you mentioned, Sister, that you started in public school when you you were very young, um, but then in third grade, you, this is when you attended Catholic school, uh, first elementary at St. Francis de Sales, and then, as you say, Newark Catholic for high school. So when was it in your growing up years that your grandma's faith started to become your own? Yeah, that really didn't happen until I was in high school. Maybe around my sophomore year, I started um, going to Bible study at my parish with our youth group. And I really started to fall in love with Scripture through my high school theology teacher, through sharing with other people who are my age and who were sharing how the Scriptures were really coming alive in their life as an active part of their life. That was something I hadn't encountered before, and it was really beautiful to me and something that I knew I wanted. And these young people that you were encountering in the youth group there at St. Francis de Sales were were different in some way than some of the kids you had experienced growing up with? Oh, 
Absolutely. And just the Lord being active in their life is, is a huge difference. Joy and peace present, and um, that's really what is what matters and what attracts people, I think, to the faith. Did you feel like um, when when you kind of got into that situation that that was filling something that had always been missing in your life? Uh, you know, were, were you ever aware growing up that something doesn't feel like there's something missing? I'm missing something in my life. And then the, that youth group experience started and the, the love for scripture started to fill that. Or was it just really not anything you had thought about, missed, and just were now experiencing it for the first time saying, wow, this is great? Yeah, I, I was a pretty happy kid. I didn't realize that. I was missing out on a whole another aspect of my life that was so important and so huge. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was it was a new thing in my life, but it was a surprise and a blessing. Yeah, was your mom threatened at all by your sudden interest in God and the Bible? And no, you know what? She wasn't, despite the fact that she wasn't really into the faith so much herself. She saw it as a good thing that I was going to church youth group and. Um, as long as I had my homework done, she didn't have a problem with it. <laughs> okay, so she didn't think you were coming, you know, becoming fanatical or anything like that. No. Okay, because no. sometimes you know that can happen as we pursue something with a lot of zeal and passion. The people we love can suddenly get threatened by that. You know, wait a minute, well, you're going off on a path that I'm not going. Especially, I see that in spouses. You know, when one takes right. off without the other. Um, were there any priests or religious uh, that you were exposed to in those high school years that, as you look back now, think they were they were a good influence on me they were inspirational they helped plant seeds in my vocation or yeah one priest that was at my parish most of my childhood was father dean matthewson and he was a great inspiration to me and a great uh, friend along the path of sanctity he walked with me a lot um when i went away to college i uh we got a new pastor at my parish father bots and hollyrick and he was wonderful also i didn't get a chance to know him as well because I was gone at college, but both of them are such great examples of holiness and joy of living in the Lord. Mm. So as as you're in high school, you're graduating high school and all, you have this enthusiasm about Scripture, you're deepening in your relationship with God. Was religious life on the horizon for you yet, Sister Maria Gemma? Oh, not in the slightest. It wasn't something that I even ever would have considered as a possibility back then. So what was it that you were thinking of when I graduate high school? What do I want to do next? You mentioned college. Yeah, Yeah, I wanted to go to college. I wanted to study theology so I could be a high school theology teacher since I loved mine so much. And a marriage was the obvious path that everyone chooses. Okay. And so what college did you attend then? I went to Ohio Dominican University in Columbus. And pursued a degree in theology there. Okay, so you're on this path now. You're going to Ohio Dominican. You're going to study theology uh, to pursue being a theology teacher, high school level. And it's hard to picture, but despite this whole, you know, a, a solid Catholic environment at college, you know, a, a solid Catholic, you know, theology field of study, you still, like so many college age students, experienced a time of falling away. So, what happened in your case? Yeah, I think, you know, my freshman year started, I was really into the faith, into campus ministry. At the end of my freshman year, I really experienced a struggle in the death of my grandfather, Mm -hmm. and I was very close to him, and I wasn't really sure how to deal with all of that. 
So instead of turning to God in that time of darkness, I turned to other things and turned away from God. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, at the beginning of my sophomore year, my, my father actually passed away, who had just begun to be a part of our life again. So mm-hmm. these are things I didn't really know how to deal with at the time. And so I dealt with them very poorly. You know, and that's losing two, you know, father figures in your life, you know, two two family members, even though, like you said, you were just starting to, to develop a relationship with your dad, you know, after those years. But um, a lot of times these things happen to people and they talk about anger at God and all. Did you experience anger with God during that period? You know, I didn't. God was so good to me and he never took the gift of faith away from me. Even in those dark times, I always knew he was there and loved me. And I think that's really what got me through in the long run. So so it wasn't like a super crisis in faith. It was more like you were saying you were you turned to other distractions to maybe take your mind off it or, or to escape it, the reality of, of this loss that you were experiencing. Yeah, it was. And then it was realizing my own hypocrisy. And so that eventually led to me um, not going to Mass anymore, just realizing that yeah. I can't really do both things. Were your grades suffering in all of this as well? Oh, extremely, <laughs> yeah. When I uh, actually went to class, um, <laughs> I barely had the homework done. So, yeah, that was a really hard couple years for my class and my grades as well, absolutely. And and what, your mom or your grandma, were they able to kind of be a support for you during this time? Yeah, I actually um, didn't want them to know that I was struggling so much, so I really kept a lot of that to myself. It was kind of like a double life between college life and then home life with my family. Mm-hmm. And 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 it was this time then that your your mom and your siblings stopped going to church as well. Is that also part? Was that in that same time period? Yeah, it was. It was um, maybe my junior year. They still went on Christmas and Easter. Um, the big days, some Sundays when they felt like it, I guess. But yeah, that's when it started to taper off for sure. If you're just tuning in, we're talking with Sister Maria Gemma. She's a sister with the Sisters of St. Francis of Perpetual Adoration in Indiana. She's sharing her vocation story, talking about the crisis she experienced during college. And she's uh, coming to us via telephone this morning on Answering the Call here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. And I'm your host, Elizabeth Ficicelli. So, Sister, what happened to facilitate your return to the faith? So, essentially, I was home for Christmas break my junior year, and I remember laying in bed one night trying to fall asleep, and the two questions came onto my heart that I didn't put there myself. I knew they must have been from the Lord, but I just heard the questions, who are you and who do you want to be? And the Lord gave me a great grace that Christmas to realize that I didn't actually know how to answer them because I didn't know who I was. Did you? Sense, and I did know that I wasn't who I wanted to be. Were those questions, did you sense that like, that was a prompting of the Holy Spirit or God speaking in your heart? Is that how you would describe it? That those questions, like you said, weren't from you, but is that where you were perceiving that? Absolutely, yes. And I, I have no other explanation. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's interesting because... You know, it, it, to me, that does sound like God, because he doesn't always, you know, tell you, you know what I mean? It's sort of, to, he, in this question, to me, these two questions, it's he's respecting your dignity and letting you explore that and figure that out. You know what I mean? There, There's kind of a, I'm not going to force you into this, you know what I mean? Yeah. But just a gentle nudge, like sometimes we do with our kids is, are you sure you want to be going in that direction? Yeah. But 
probably about gentle calling back. So what did those two questions, who are you and who, who do you want to be then? What, how, did, how did that prompt you to do something from that point yeah, on? Yeah, so I went back to college the my spring semester, junior year, and I knew that things had to change. Um, I had a friend who had been asking me for years to go to this prayer group with her, and I always would just say no. But this time she asked, and I knew that if I said no to this, then I would just be saying no to God forever. So I accepted her persistent invitation, and I went to a St. Paul's Outreach prayer meeting with her that week. And from that point on, the Lord gave me the grace and the strength just to continue to choose Him the rest of the semester in small steps. It didn't happen all at once, but in very small steps, I was able to say yes little by little. Was being among those uh, St. Paul Outreach students uh, kind of a, a similar feeling the, that you had when you were in the uh, high school youth group among those kinds of students? Absolutely. And at this point, I knew there was something missing in my life, right? I knew that I didn't have the joy that I had once experienced, and I saw that in them. And I saw authentic friendship and community life and worship of the Lord, and it was something that I wanted and longed for. And as you kind of were returning to the faith after kind of falling away, were the sacraments a comfort to you then as well? Yeah, actually, my first confession after coming back to the practice of the sacraments, um, I remember leaving the confessional, and believe it or not, the first question that came to my mind after that confession was, have you ever thought about religious life? And again, I have no the reason that that would have come to my mind, except for the fact that I did have a professor my freshman year in college who asked a group of us if we had thought about religious life. He said, you know, you're young Catholic women, you love your faith, it should just be a normal part of your discernment process. Mm -hmm. When when he originally asked that, I thought it was the craziest thing in the world. But (laughs) um, as it came back to me at this point in time, I was ready to discover if that might be something the Lord actually was calling me to. So then what did you do to kind of test that calling? Yeah, I went to our chaplain. That was the first thing, because I had no idea even what it meant. And I told him, Father, what do I do if I think I'm called to religious life? And he said, you think you're called to religious life? (laughs) (laughs) I said, yeah. Thanks for the vote of confidence, Father. So he helped me. He was great. Um, he sent me on a discernment retreat with the diocese where I got to talk with sisters one-on-one. And and at that point, I could finally see myself actually responding to the call and living the life, though I didn't at that point know which community or when the Lord might be calling me. Right. So a diocesan retreat is just looking at religious life in general. There's there's sisters there from different communities. And so you're just exploring the question, is is this something? And so if that diocesan retreat experience was, and it sounded like it was a positive experience where at least it could be a possibility, then what was the next step for you? Yeah. So then the next step was, okay, if this is a possibility, where, where would I go? Uh, one of my friends knew some Dominican sisters and said I should go on a discernment retreat at their convent. So I did. I went up for a weekend and stayed with the sisters, realized that the life is so beautiful. Yet the whole time I was there, I had this unrest within me, and I wanted to leave even though 
I recognize it as beautiful. Mm-hmm. Couldn't understand that at the time, but later I came to realize it's just because that wasn't the kindness the Lord was calling me to enter. Yeah, it wasn't the right place uh, for you. And, and it is natural, since you were an ODU student, you know, to, to think about Dominican life. You know, that kind of right. was obviously a natural um, choice. But like you said, every community is different and, and some you, you just know, and I've, I've talked to other uh, women who have entered convents, and they say the same thing. I went here, I went there, and it was just so clear that that was not where I was supposed to go at that moment. Right. So how did you find the right fit, the Sisters of St. Francis of Perpetual Adoration? Yeah, so I had a friend in the seminary at the time who asked me when I came back from the Dominican convent, what is it that sets your heart on fire? And that was a question that I never really thought of before, but immediately my thoughts went to St. Francis of Assisi, how he gave his whole life to the Lord so radically, without reserve, and that's something that I really wanted. And so that was my response to him, and he said, well, have you ever thought about being a Franciscan? And at that time, I hadn't, because I didn't even know the different possibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had actually met our sisters, they had come to Columbus for a vocation event, and he suggested that I go and visit because they're Franciscan and they also have perpetual adoration, which was a great love of mine. Mm-hmm. And so my senior year, I decided because he's such a good friend, I'll just go and visit, although I didn't really feel attracted to the community at first. So the whole way there, I was telling my friend who came with me that I'm not really interested in these sisters, but I just would really like to go on this retreat, so thank you for coming. Um, But as soon as we got to the convent, I hadn't even met any of the sisters yet. We pulled onto the ground, and I had this flood of grace come over me, and I just realized, wow, this is home. I'm not just going to be here for this weekend. And so it was a kind of overwhelming experience uh, because it's like something I'd never felt before, but it was something that I knew deep within. And then when I met the sisters, all of that was confirmed. I felt like I was at home. Their joy just attracted me so much. Um, and the idea of giving myself to the Lord as a Franciscan with perpetual adoration just captured my heart. So did you sign up on the spot? No, no, I didn't. I um, came home and I went back for a visit in December and, and was expressing to our vocation director what I was thinking. And she said, well, I think what you're asking for is to enter. And I realized, yeah, that is what I'm asking, even though I didn't really know the words to say it. So I asked for papers in December of my senior year, got back to college, realized that maybe I was taking it a little too fast, put the papers on the bookshelf for a while, and decided, I think I'm going to do a year of service with St. Paul's Outreach Mm -hmm. instead of entering the convent. So I called Sister Lois, our vocation director, and told her that I was thinking I wasn't going to enter this year. And to my great surprise, she said, oh, yeah, that's great. Do whatever the Lord's calling you to do. So with that response, I was totally taken aback, and then I wanted to join again. (laughs) (laughs) So, So I took it to prayer, and, you know, after months of praying with us and agonizing over this decision... I just gave it to the Lord and said, Lord, what do you want? I want to do what you want. And I heard him inviting me to be his bride, and that my response was continually, wait. Mm -hmm. I kept putting it off. Mm -hmm. Um, 
so with that, Sister Lois said she was coming to town again, and I decided, yeah, I need to do this. It's what the Lord's asking, and I'm not going to keep telling him to wait. Oh. And so you filled out the paperwork, you were accepted, you entered the Sisters of St. Francis of Perpetual Adoration in 2006 at the Mother House in Mishawaka, Indiana. And formation um, for the community consists of eight years. Now, you had a degree in theology entering this convent, so you didn't get to test out of anything, it doesn't sound like. No. (laughs) All the formations for everybody. (laughs) Yeah, right. But you did get to teach theology, right? I did, yeah. yeah. So after the first three years of initial formation, I got to go to a high school in Lafayette, Indiana, and I taught high school theology for four years, which was a great joy, and it was something I always wanted to do. It was your, one of your dreams. I, I love that. I love how God honors our dreams like that, and, and I'm sure yeah. you were an amazing teacher with your not, not only your, your love for Scripture, but your love for the Lord and the joy. I'm sure um, you really positively impacted those students. And then in 2014, you make your final vows, that you made your final vows, and as you look back, what was the most challenging part of your formation? I think actually the beginning was the hardest um, because I had come from such great friendships I made in St. Paul's Outreach and in college and giving all of that up and entering a community where I really didn't know anybody on a personal level. So it took time to build those relationships up and to build those friendships up amongst the sisters that were in the community. So, yeah, my year right before I made my first vows, was really hard, and and I was really tempted to leave during that year. But thankfully, uh, we don't have to do this on our own. They give us older sisters who are our mentors and talk to us and help guide us through the emotions and different things we're thinking and doubts we have so that I was able to realize I really am called here despite the difficulties I'm having. Yeah, and it sounds like, you know, it's a, it's a huge transition. I, I mean, married life is a tr- big transition, too. All of a sudden, you're accountable to someone else <laughs> that you, you right. do, used to not be accountable for, and, and two. So it is a, it's a big transition. You're, you're making sacrifices. You're giving certain things up. And, and yet, I'm sure the idea of entering into a lifelong commitment with the perfect spouse, <laughs> God himself, has, has got to be um, pretty encouraging, right? <laughs> Yeah, the Lord is always faithful. <laughs> Even when we're not, He's always faithful. That's beautiful. So what have you been doing since uh, becoming a fully professed Franciscan? So for the past three years, I have been working as our assistant vocation director and living with the novices and postulants. So I've been teaching them classes and then also visiting colleges, high schools, going to different conferences to meet people and my vocation story. And that's got to be just amazing to do that. Um, And as you're out, Sister Maria Gemma, you're out among the the high school and college age women, what advice are you giving these women who may be finding themselves in a similar place that you once were asking yourself, am I being called to be a bride of Christ? Yeah, my main advice for young women is really just to enter into that intimate relationship with the Lord and to not be afraid of it to place all of our trust in Him, to go to Him in the sacraments, because that's really where you're going to hear the call clearly and be able to respond to it. Um, And in a practical level, visit a convent. Like, how do you know if you're called? 
to live this life if it's something you've never experienced. And for me, that was a big change to be able to actually see the sisters in their convent. That's mm-hmm. when I was able to realize, yeah, I can actually see myself doing this. Right. You got to got to go there more than just look at the brochure, right? Things. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you're such a classic case of that going to the first place and saying definitely not going to the second place saying, "Wow, this feels like home." So, it's interesting. And then Absolutely. this next you're going to be looking at pursuing a master's in philosophy. Yeah, so I'm going to be attending Franciscan University in Stevensville this fall with three other sisters. And yeah, I'll be studying for my master's in philosophy and ministering to the students in whatever way we can. We'll have um, young women are able to come to our convent there and get a chance to experience our life and our prayer with us as well. Oh, it's a great campus, a great college. You're going to have a, a wonderful time there, both in your studies, but we're, just being among those young people, they're they're so on fire there. So we will definitely pray for that, sister. Um, but, you know, we, we thank you for taking the time and joining us by, by phone. And can you want to give out your website? So if people are interested in the Sisters of, of St. Francis of, of Perpetual Adoration, where they could find some more information. Yeah, so our website's our initials, ssfpa.org. And then we're also, you can find us on social media as well. Okay, great. Well, we enc- we thank you again for sharing your story. We'll pray for you in this next stage of life as you're uh, going on to further studies. And if you would just leave us with a prayer. Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill our hearts with your love and your peace. Guide us and lead us. Help us to know your will in each and every aspect of our lives not just the big steps, but the little yeses. Give us the strength and courage to follow where Jesus leads us. We ask this through Mary's intercession. And in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much, Sister Maria Gemma. This is Elizabeth Ficicelli, host of Answering the Call. Join us on Tuesdays and Sundays, 1230, for another edition. God bless. Have a wonderful week. Answering the Call is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM820. Archives of Answering the Call with Elizabeth Ficacelli are available at stgabrielradio.com.